you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to have just another time of God to share, to learn, to lead, to grow. And tonight we're doing that with somebody that's very, very special to the foundation of Coach Chelsea. Tonight we have Servant Leader Randy Barr Sr. with us. Yeah, I'm going to tell you on a sidebar real quick why this is special to me. This was my first coach. So when you know me as the athlete, I need you to understand I grew up in the village mindset that it takes a village to raise a child. And this individual right here was very, very um, important uh, to my spiritual and athletic and so many global aspects of growth. And he's still a part of my life today. So, Coach, I I can't help it. I'm going to always call you Coach. I thank you for taking the time to come on and talk to us, share what God has given you. And I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners, and we'll go ahead and just wait and hear this word that God has given you for us tonight. Well, first of all, again, hello uh, to Chelsea and everyone that's joining us tonight. I'm elated to be here tonight and talk about servant leadership, the whole arm of God, and and to be with Chelsea, who I'm going to call the the, the OPG, the original point guard. So uh, thank God for her uh, and all that she's doing uh, in the kingdom and in the community. Uh, mother, coach, and, and singer, and a, and a child of God, a woman of God, I should say. And uh, now, uh, you know, you're doing your podcast, you're doing your thing. And so keep doing what you're doing. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate it, coach. I really do. So, of course, naturally, for you all that are tapping in, and some of you all have been, you know, riding away with us, we celebrated two years for the podcast, and the Lord gave me the theme. He's like, look, you know, we had to prepare these leaders, not just to be servant leaders, but they need to understand what they need to have on. Right. When- stand on the sidelines when they're in the trenches, when they're leading athletic departments and all of these things. And he said, I need you to tap into some of my people to bring the word on the whole armor of God. And so, you know, immediately when he said that, I'm like, okay, I've learned about being obedient a long time ago and I don't tarry as my grandma would say. And so I know for a fact that when I reached out to you, um, that he definitely has spoken to you and I'm excited just to hear it coach. So I'm going to give it to you so that you can go ahead and, and, and sharpen our irons a little bit. Well, yeah, let, let's talk a little bit. Um, when, when you told me about the theme of the whole arm of God, you know, coming from Ephesians 6, and then you said the gospel of peace. I think I went back a couple of times and said, you're talking about the gospel of peace. And, you know, because when you when you really think about uh, peace, um, yeah. you, you and then you think about putting on the whole arm of God, you kind of like, well, what does peace have to do with putting on the whole arm of God? But in that scripture, um, um, you know, the Lord talks to, amen, to, to the author, Apostle Paul, to say that, you know, we got to stand against the wiles of the devil and put on the whole arm of God. And then it talks about the long girded about with the truth, but then it talk, said about our feet shodded with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And, and so when you think about peace, the opposite of that is war, right? But we're putting on a war mentality, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, and all that, all this other stuff that you would think you're girding up for war. 
But peace is the ultimate um, goal of that, right? Even in war, you want to come to a point that you're negotiating. So uh, this world, even we're in a spiritual warfare and we're trying to bring um, peace to it. And, and the reason we need peace, um, I don't care what you have, but if you don't have peace in your life, you can, have, you can have a million dollars, but if you don't have peace, it's nothing. Let's think about the man at the cave. He didn't have peace. He was cutting himself uh, because he didn't have peace. He was not in his right mind. And so a lot of time in church, your folks say, I'm clothed in my right mind. But when you read uh -huh. that, you said that he was clothed and then he was in his right mind because he didn't even know who, who he was. And so as, as people, as children, as men and women of God, if we don't know who we are, we can't have peace. And the reason we need peace, Chelsea, is because we, and I'm going to say we, we lost it in the garden. And folks say, I wasn't in the garden. What Adam represented mankind, right? Because mm -hmm. Adam, the Hebrew word of Adam is man. He lost our peace in the garden. This is someone that had God uh, come in the cool of the day every day. Uh, he had fellowship with God, but he lost his peace uh, by a man committing sin. And so a lot of times, uh, we lose our peace getting caught up in things that we should not uh, be caught up in. And, and I even think our conversations, um, I looked at that scripture, like our conversation can cause us our peace because that's what happened with him, uh, what happened with his wife Eve. They're, they're having a conversation with the enemy. And because of that, they lost their peace. They lost their amount of peace with, with God. And, and, and what did God have to do? He had to slay an animal uh, to cover them. And so now what's, what's interesting to me, Genesis 3 and 15 and 16, you go to John 3 and 16, we lost peace there. But then he promised to send a son of the seed of man uh, that would step on the serpent's head. John 3 and 16 say, but God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believe in him shall not perish, uh, but have an everlasting life. So at that moment in Genesis, he was planning to send a mediator. And what does a mediator do? Uh, when there's a difference between uh, mm -hmm. someone, that person's in the middle, right? Trying to bring peace. And that's what Jesus does. He is a mediator between man and God because the Bible says that we are not with God. We are intimate with God. We are enemies of God. And so that's what the mediator did. That's what he did to bring about peace uh, in, into our lives. I think and, that morning, I'm just going to intersect on that one right there because it's so amazing how in our day-to-day -day lives, right, where we kind of, we try to climb the ladder professionally. We try to possess so many different things that we feel will bring us happiness, right? And I'm speaking out there to our coaches and athletic professionals, our athletes, but all leaders, right? We are so much on the go over and over again, thinking that we're chasing these things, but these are things that I call them tangible, right? But that peace is something that you can't buy. You can't go into the mall and buy, you know, peace. You no. can't. Amazon and say, let me use my prime to get me some peace overnight or in two days. And so I'm <laughs> thankful that you literally have punched that in because if you don't have peace, I'm telling you, it, it doesn't matter the amount of money you have, the status that you have, it, you, you, you're not going to be able to enjoy those very things that you're trying to work for if you don't have peace. Absolutely. And like you said, you, you can get yourself so occupied um, that you don't have time to even think about having peace. Uh, I remember some years ago, uh, it probably 20, 25 years ago, I, I remember being in California. And I remember, uh, I, I know I was accomplishing a lot of things. I know I was doing a lot of things. And I remember 
uh, um, this young man said that he said, but sir, when do you have time to enjoy it? Because I'm always thinking about the next thing that I'm going to do. So I'm not resting in the moment. I'm not having peace in the moment because I'm so anxious um, mm -hmm. to get to the next thing. And I think Paul says that in Philippians in the third chapter, the Bible says, be careful or be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, make your request be known unto God. And so we have to, the, the world would say, sit and smell the roses, but we need to sit down and enjoy the peace of God because he'll give you peace that passes all understanding. Come on now. And, and so you, you look at feet sharp with the preparation of the gospel. I, I'm gonna tell you when um, uh, I, I told my brother, I said, man, she, she's on to something here because you, you can read scriptures and you can look at scripture for years and not uh, settle on it, not see the dissect of it, see what comes before. And you say feet sharp. So, so, so I literally think that God is telling us that whenever we walk into a situation, whatever we're walking into, we should bring peace. Our feet should bring peace, oh, which is the gospel. Because remember, it was the angels uh, that said that they were bringing glad tidings and peace. Uh, the son of man, the son of God is getting ready to be born and he's going to be known as peace. And, and, and as servant, and you talk about servant leadership, um, mm -hmm. That, that is a great thing because as leaders, we just can't pull people. We're come supposed on. to bring them along aside us. We come to serve them. We come to make them better. Uh, and if a leader is just saying, hey, do as I say, I think as a leader, you need to vocalize it, but more so you need to visualize it. They need to be able to see what you're doing, that, you, that you're able to encourage them. So, and when I was in the military, those that were under me, I wanted to achieve, achieve the ranks that I did, amen. I even go higher because if, if I don't do that, then I'm not doing my job uh, to serve them. And, and think about this, Chelsea, is that when, when Jesus walked with the disciples, he didn't have a presidential suite and they stayed in a regular room. You know, he didn't drive a Mercedes and they were driving on, uh, a, a Chevette where they don't even make it anymore. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't riding in a carriage and they were pulling him. He was right there with him so much that, uh, that there's a scripture that when he's showing them how to be humble, how to really lead, that he gets down on his knees to wash their feet. Come on. And what does Peter say? Lord, this cannot be. And he said, if I don't wash your feet, then you have none of me. And so Peter said, you know, wash not just my feet, but, you know, just wash me. And so what I see in that illustration that Jesus shows, he's not just vocalizing, but he's visualizing and telling them it's time to lay down the title Come on. and pick up the towel, which come means on. you need to serve. And he said, I didn't come to be served, but I come to serve. And when we serve one another, we'll see that we all are better for it. Coach, let me tell you something. That one right there, it, it, it is visual. I tell people all the time, it blew my mind when we talk about servant leadership um, over and over, right? Because mm -hmm. often people clump servant leadership with just leadership. And that's just not the case. Two, couldn't be any more different. And you literally illustrated it and explained it best in that line right there with everything that you said, but that line right there, where I'm going to make sure I lay down my title and I pick up the towel. It's amazing how, as my coach, me and mommy were talking about this the other day when I got off the phone with you and we mm -hmm. left, she was telling Hendrix, she had Hendrix in, my, in her lap and she said, 
you know, baby, your mama used to, she said she could do that thing now. I'm telling you, she said, your mom's first coach. And she's talking to her, you know, and Hendrix, mm-hmm. she'll look dead at you like she knows exactly what you're saying. She said, but one thing, Chelsea, that I will tell you about all of your coaches that you've ever had. She said, it was just, you know, a few, I loved them all. She said, but there was just something different about him even before I knew that he was a man of the cloth. She said, I'll never forget that day where I said, well, Chelsea just can't come. I got to do this. I got to do that. And it's just me. And she said, you were like, where do you need me to meet you? I'm going to get you. See, here's the thing that I need people to understand. Not only did you get me and take me to the game, you were the one grabbing the balls. You didn't say, hey, bag out of the back of the trunk and let's go. You were the one making sure that we had water bottles. And see, those are the things now that I, I, as a coach, I remember where my girls or the parents are like, why are you carrying those bags? Why are you doing it? Why? And they'll come and grab it because they have to see you first. Right. They have to see you first vetted, invested, serving them. Team meals, I'm serving y'all plate. Coach, we got it. We can do it. But I need you to understand that that's what leaders do. And it's not about my title. I don't care that I'm your head coach. I'm here to serve you. If it makes you better, that's my job. And I get that from coaches like you. So when you said that, it just stung me because it's not just talking the talk. I'm here to say you walk the walk in there. Yeah, I mean, and, and we definitely got to do that. I don't care what, like you said, it, 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 it all is in all walks of life. Is it the church? Uh, is in is in schools? Uh, whatever your profession uh, may be, you, you got to be able to show people that, listen, while we may have a different uh, role, maybe have a different title, uh, mm-hmm. we all need to know how to serve. And when people see you serving, that makes them want to serve. When they see yes. that you that, that it means something to you. Uh, I, I remember when you were saying that, I visualized, uh, <laughs> I, I can remember, um, and I want to say it's on Timberlane Road. I want to say it's it Gilchrist <laughs> Elementary. Uh, we were outside. And, and so that day I decided, well, I, I'm, I'm going to play with y'all. I think your brother was on the other team. And, yep. and you know, and, and Mary, I'm not Mary, but Natasha and, and your and your grandpa's was out there, and so yeah. So I'm getting up and down the court and, and, and trying to play a little bit, um, and, and say, hey, I'll play with you guys, and I'll run suicide with you. But you know, <laughs> I probably paid for that a little later that night. <laughs> but I need to let you know that hey, I'll need you guys to do this because it's going to make all of us better. It's going right. to make you better ball players. It's going to be- make us better teammates, um, and it's going to and, and it serves a purpose in life. And I, and I think. Sports does that in, in a lot of areas in our life. It shows that you got to work together in the same way in the church. Even in church, uh, as a pastor, I've pastored churches where, you know, folk were like, well, pastor, you don't need to do this. Pastor, you don't need to do that. Listen, it needs to get done. And I see it needs to get done. And so I can do this. Uh, you know, I know I got other things to do, but at this point, I can get this done. And so we should never be above doing something. And I think Jesus was the ultimate example of servant leadership, how to lead and serve, how to serve uh, and lead and lead that perfect example uh, for for his men and and the women that were around him. And and you gotta have that care in in my mind goes back, you know, um, know, Jesus was getting ready, had already preached a sermon. He's getting ready, he's getting late in the evening and and the disciples say, listen, the sun is going down. We gotta get over to the other side, right? Mm-hmm. And so Jesus looks and he sees the people look famished. He sees that they, they, they're hungry. And he says, well, we need to feed the people. Well, the disciples at this point in time, they're just concerned to get over to the other side. But Jesus shows that compassion. 
And as, as leaders, we got to have compassion with people. Do we need to hold people accountable? Absolutely. But we got to have compassion on people. And so what he did was not just give them spiritual food. He recognized, um, I need to give them physical food. So, so you know, the Bible says he took, you know, uh, you know, uh, 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 five and, and two loaves of bread. And what does he do? Uh, you know, I should say five loaves and two fish. And what does he do? He feed 5,000, not counting the women and children. Come on. So you don't think that goes a long way when people see that you care. And so as a leader, we just can't be, I don't care about you. Uh, you you got to give that example. Yeah, you got to hold people accountable, but you also got to give them the tangible things in life because I can go out here and as a pastor and I can give all these scripture and I'm talking to someone that's on the street, but if their, their stomach is growling and they got concerns, they're homeless, that, that's the last thing that they're grasping in their mind is you're talking about if you die today, you're going to heaven. In their mind, I'm going to die today if I don't get something to eat. Right. I'm going to die today if I don't get off of these streets. And so we got to learn that James say faith without works is dead. Yes, and so yes, we got to give works so that their faith can come. And Jesus did a lot of times. He ministered the needs of the people, the physical needs of the people first before he even came, came, got to the spiritual need so that he could get their attention. And the same thing you do with your girls or your young ladies at high school, you're showing them, I care about you. And what are they in return they're gonna do? In return, they're gonna do, they're gonna give you their best on the court. And look, I laugh coach though, because I, I, I felt you when you said you may have felt that later, I've, I've reached that point now <laughs> when I, <laughs> one was just texting me uh, before we came on. I've gotten to that point where it's like coach need a little bit longer to recover now, but I get it because it, it is different. It, it When they see you out there and it, it did, when we saw you out there playing with us, it wasn't just you instructing. It's like, okay, you know, well, coach is doing it too. So, and that's how they are. When they see you there, I, I'll never forget. I, they know if I miss a layup, five pushups and get back in the drill. I got out there, I missed a layup. They were like, and I got right down. They were like, coach, you, you doing them? Listen, I'm practicing what I'm preaching, but what that did is it showed them accountability, just like you said. And some of them, crazy enough, right, coach? I have a few of them that have graduated college now and have started their coaching careers. And wow. Same thing. They're like, coach, you remember when we were practicing doing this? And I said, but that trickles down. And that's the part of servant leadership that you're talking about, right? That it's, it's about being able to pass those things down. And I tell people, yeah, you're competitive. Yes, you love to win, but we're creating people. We're trying to create better people, citizens in society, and women and men of Christ. And when we can do that, that's when I'm proud. When I'm proud, when you are saying to yourself, you know, I, I want to learn who this man Jesus Christ is myself, I could care less about my record. The Lord's not going to ask me, hey, coach, you know, how many championships did you win? Hey, coach, what was right. that's not what he's going to say. He's going to pull out that book and talk to me and me alone. And I tell you one thing, coach, I don't want to hear I know you not. I want to hear servant well done. Right. And, and, and li listen at that word, servant well there done. There you go. Right? So <laughs> th th there it is again. He's looking for people to serve in the kingdom of God. And, and, and just even going back to the thing about the gospel of peace, I've been thinking about this thing uh, for the last the last couple of days. It's, it's like, you know, I, I think the world is talking about now, you know, I want to protect my peace. You know, people saying that a lot. I want to protect my peace. And so, and sometimes I don't think we fully understand how, how do we protect our peace? How do we, how, how do we let our peace go? And I think at any moment, any day, any minute, any second, 
we can give our peace away because we're not guarded. We're not guarding ourselves with the mindset of the Lord. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Um, there are things that we worry about. We, 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 we major in the minor uh, a lot of time and, and, and we don't get the things that really need attention to us and we worry about things that we don't. And as I say, you know, we, we worry about things, seek it therefore, you know, the kingdom of God first yep. and it's right. And these other things shall be, these things shall be added to you. Mm-hmm. And so even with financially, sometimes we don't, we don't have peace because now I'm stressed out. I went and bought something that I shouldn't bought, should have bought. I can't afford it. So now I don't have peace. Or I'm in a conversation like Adam and Eve talking to someone I really shouldn't be talking about. The book of Peter talks about being busybodies and suffering things because of that. And, 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 and you know what I found out? That, that, that I can call somebody their peace too mm. by the things that right. I do. Because if they're under me or their family, I can do things that will cause them disharmony and their peace because they're associated with us. So that's why we have to watch the people that we associate with. You know, the world say, you know, uh, birds of the feather, what did they say? Flock together. Flock together, yeah. How can two walk together? Come on. Except they'll greet. And so we need to be around like-minded people. Iron sharpens iron. Eagles fly with eagles. You're never going to see an eagle down in a chicken coop. So, so, and vice versa. So you, you got to be, you got to protect your peace. And the peace comes from the Lord Jesus Christ and knowing and taking things to him in prayer. And we have a habit of, and, 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 and as a we, I'm talking about everyone and everyone doesn't do it, but in general is that when something's wrong, I love Facebook. I use Facebook for my scripture. I use Facebook for my, my sermons, my Bible study. I do the post of thought. We're using Zoom tonight. It's a great media. It's a great tool. But my problems should not be on Facebook first. Mm-hmm. My problems should be taken to the Lord, who is the source. And he is going to direct to me to a resource if he doesn't handle them. So he's going to direct the resource that I can get that peace and understanding. Because when you don't have a good understanding of something, yep. you, you don't have a peace. You don't have peace. And see, that's it. And then somebody down here said, you know, you have to be careful what you agree with. And you hit that nail on the head. I was talking to a servant leader um, last month. And she and she said, isn't it funny? She said, let me tell you right now, if I were God, I'd just be just through with me. And that's why I'm thankful that he is who he is. She said, because it's amazing. We'll get on the phone and call our friend. We'll call our family. We'll talk. And then after we go all the way around the phone tree, we'll say, well, God, what you think about it? Right. She said, how are we making him last? Yet wondering why we still don't have the answer. And that's exactly- Seek you first. Seek ye first, not second, not after you heard what you wanted to hear, not if you tried who you thought could help you and they couldn't come through. Seek ye first. And the peace has got to be found. The gospel peace has to be found in the word of God. I don't think there's nothing that we literally go through in this life that's not covered in the word of God. Now, that does not mean that God doesn't want me to talk to Chelsea or doesn't want me to talk uh, to brother over here or the sister over here. But my first, uh, my first question, my first conversation should be with the Lord. Lord, Lord, what do you say about this? What does his word say about this? There was a long time ago, there used to be, um, and they may still have them, I haven't seen them in a long time, bracelet that says WWJD, right? Yeah. What would Jesus (laughs) do, right? So my thing is, I I would just say, well, have you read the Bible? You probably find out what he would do. 
right? We don't have to ask those questions <laughs> right. because it's already written. And so, and like you just said, a lot of times we're trying to find the answer for someone that agree with what we already know, mm-hmm. what we want to do. Yep. And so I tell people, when they come to me saying, you know, the Lord told me this and the Lord told me that. What do you think? I can't think anything other than what the Lord told you if the Lord told you that, right? So I, I can't disagree with God, but I know if it does not line up with the word of God, then mm-hmm. it's not from God. And so that's how we always test what we get, whether it be of God, it has to be, it has to align um, with the word of God. And, and when your life is in chaos, uh, when we have stuff all around us, we can find a hiding place uh, in the word of God. Come on now. That's how I'm reminded of that song, Secret Place by Karen Clark Sheard, right? And so it, it's just something about that, right, though, Coach, because I think where many of us fall short and all of us at some point is that, you know, I was telling actually a friend of mine that said, you know, the reason why we can't trust them enough, right, because we don't know them enough. My status today, and I laughed at it, uh, but it's so funny, like people, you know, we all ride on the edge. We'll see we need gas. I got some time. Right now, that meter is closer and closer to E. What do we say? I know my car. I got some time. I got a few more miles. I, I trust my car. I know my car, even though that bulb is lit on E. Right. And we say we trust it. But I wish we could. My status said I wish we could trust God the way we trust knowing our car on E. <laughs> right. Wow. And I laugh, but it's so certain and true how we'll trust so many uncertain things. Right. I have a uh, LLC called Trust Perfection. And it's literally behind the fact that just that, right? We'll go to a restaurant, never see the chef, right? We always say compliments to the chef, but unless it's probably one of those five-star restaurants, he's not coming out and she's not coming out, but we trust and we eat it, right? We say our grace, but we trust and we eat it. We're going on a plane and never see the pilot, maybe, right. but never see the pilot, but we're going to fly to friendly skies and not think twice about it. We'll take a pill, because the doctor said you need to take this. Even on the back, it's stapled four and five pages of what could happen and what might happen if you do this. But we take it because we, we don't it. even read that. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're right. It stays stapled, right? But here's this perfect man that literally just wants us to have a relationship with him. And that comes from, like you said, studying the word, being the word, because there's peace in the word, right? When we go to that secret place, but that is the problem. That's the part where we tarry. That's the part where we shift. Yeah, and I, and I find out you can't know his voice if you don't communicate Ooh. with him, right? And, and, and I guarantee you, uh, Hendrick, if you, you know, she knows her mother's voice, right? And if you will put her in a part, you put her in a part, she's a little older, and, 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 and you know, you go out there and you say, hey, baby, <laughs> there may be 20 babies out there. That's right. But that one baby, yeah, going to know your distinct of your voice, and they're going to turn around. So why don't? So how how come we don't know God's voice? It's because we have too many voices in our ears. Come on, and boys. when you have a lot of voices in your ears, you don't have peace. Come you on, talking man. to that person. You talking to that person. You talking to that person, and so you don't know which way to turn. There's no peace in your life, and so you don't know what to listen to. Well, we need to listen to again to the mediator, the gospel of peace. Jesus Christ Himself came that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. It's not his will that we be stressed out. It's not his will that we worry. 
Because at the end of the day, we can't change tomorrow by worrying about tomorrow when we can't even take care of the problem that's in on this day. And so we, I literally start my prayer and my sermons with the same thing. Lord, forgive me for my sin, my shortcomings, my failures, and my faults. Mm. Created me a clean heart and renewed in me a right spirit. Okay, so because last night or yesterday, I, I could have had a shortcoming. I could have had a fault. I could have had a sin. But he gave us grace and mercy new every day. Mm-hmm. And we got to learn how to take care of the day. All right. It does not mean we don't have we don't mean we don't plan for tomorrow, but we need to take care of today. And, and, and that'll cause you stress and that'll that'll mess with your peace. Mm-hmm. And, and I just believe that if we walk with God, talk with God, talk with the people of God, we, we will bring down some of the uh, confusion that that's in our life. Because there's a, that's another scripture. The Bible said God is not the author of confusion right and a lot of times again i got to go back to that they're confused there's a lot of confusion in our lives because we listen to so many voices what do you think about this when god has already spoken in his word what is to be done so it's just golden and i'm telling you right now because many of us it's so easy to do though right um it it wise counsel is important and as exactly. I say, it struck me, I always used to say, who occupies the seats at your table, right? Because we've all been to the potluck or the barbecue, right? And we see the person who just came. What did you bring? You just showed up to eat, right? And they're taking, 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 but what did you bring to the table? So I always say, you know, when these wise counsel, when these people are sitting at your table, what are they bringing, right? When when you come to them, are they saying, like you said, well, what did, what did, what did God tell you about this, right? What did... When you pray, what are you receiving from this? Did you pray about it, right? The biggest thing that struck me, and I saw this a couple of months back, and it truly got me, it says, who are the pallbearers in your life? And, and she, yes, coach, that was my reaction. Like if I could probably see myself, that's probably how I look because it got me, right? Because I was like, wow, I never heard it put that way. We know what pallbearers do. You're not the active ones, not the honorary ones, you know, but the active ones, they're holding up what? Dead weight. So when there is chaos in your life, when peace can't be found, what are those who are those people holding you up? What are they saying? How are they directing you? Are they the ones holding you down to create the dead weight? And that thing struck me. That thing struck me and it caused me to, to take a look and survey around me. It was huge. Oh yeah, you, you gotta have people around you that can, cause there's gonna be times that you need help and you may need more help than you needed last week. So, and there are times that you can, you, you feel like, you know, it's, it's just you and God. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't need anybody but God. And I find out that to be one of the biggest lies in the church. Mm-hmm. You need more than just God. What am I saying about that? Because in the book of Genesis, Adam was by himself. Yeah. Had God solely to himself. It, but it was God that said, it is not good that man should be alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make him a help me, someone to help me to need the same thing you're talking about. Who's helping you when you need help? Who's helping you meet your needs? Who's helping keep peace in your life? Who's surrounding you that's keeping chaos from around you? And, and so it, 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 we, it, we got to be around the right people uh, and, and to keep a lot of the clutter and the chaos out of our life. I, I tell folks, uh, and people said, well, listen, I've been around the world. I've lived around the world, spent 24 years in the military. 
but I don't have a lot of people that I call that, that they're close friends to me. I know a lot of people, but that don't mean they're in my circle because I tell if, if they're your friend, at least you ought to know what their birthday is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least you ought to know where they live. You tell me you're close friends, but you don't even know their birthday. And so we, we try to do a lot, even in church, we get so busy um, that we get caught up in titles, we get caught up in jobs, and then we don't even have the peace of God in our life. Come on. And, and so we got to learn how to wait and hear the voice of God. And I want to tell people, God speaks in diverse manners. I think Hebrew talks about that. God moves in different ways. He might mm-hmm. talk to you in a still voice, but one day he might yell at you. One day it yeah. might be through a dream. <laughs> one day yeah. it might be through somebody else. And so, it, it, so we can't, we, we put God in this box as if God only moves in certain ways. He moved more than just in a still voice. Uh, and I'm going to tell you another way God speaks to you. Read his word. He'll speak to you then. That's it. And I mean... I'm, I laugh because I say this all the time. I was talking about this the other day. People laugh because I'm like, you know, he definitely could talk to you in a still small voice. But with me, like, I, I know my child. Yeah, I know now, right? I have hindrance. And so I'm a mom now. I get it. But you have children, you know. And even in coaching all your player children, you knew that. You know each and every one of them. And so I laugh because I'm like, God, be like, I'm not even about to. I'm going to make sure she doesn't miss this. Chelsea, little girl, look, look, you heard me. I know. And we laugh. And right all the time because that's that connection right that's the relationship that intimacy he wants us to have he's our abba father we were talking about that last week and um last week's episode that a lot of times and where that shift changes when you learn who he is it's the fact that that's my daddy you know and of course you know you one of you know the handful of people that know how close me and my grandpa really were you saw him you saw him on the sidelines you knew watching and growing as a little girl up to now woman what he meant to me right and so because of that one of the statements I made I said it's funny one of the things that still gives me pride as if I'm riding through Gaza County or anywhere for that matter and people see me and they say oh I know Deacon Muse has to be you have to be related to him because you look just like him oh when you just did that oh my god you sound just like your grandfather and I said and see that's the relationship that Christ wants us to have. When you walk in and out of the room, do people say, oh, I just see her father, our Abba father all over her. My goodness, when she said that I could just hear his spirit coming out of her and that relationship that I seek with him. When they see you, do they see your father that's in heaven? When you do those good works, right? Not to glorify us as his words say, but he wants to glorify our father that's in heaven. What do they see when they see us? And that's what I'm searching for. That's what I'm seeking when he talks. And so I know that's why he talked loud because he wants to get me the first time. <laughs> he, he said, you should know that they're my disciples and they have what love towards one another. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you're talking about with your grandfather, right? So when you, whether you was at practice or you was at the game, I'm sure you glanced to the stands, right? Yep. Him being there brought, a, brought, brought around a, about a certain peace with you, right? Yep. Because he was in, he was in your presence. It's the same way with God, our Father, Come our on. Abba Father. He's in our presence. So when you have that relationship, just like you had with your grandfather, there was a peace knowing that that yeah. grandpa was going to be there, right? 
and, yeah. and everybody, when you love your father, your grandfather, I don't care how short, tall, big is, you think your daddy can beat the other person's daddy, right? <laughs> I, right. You know, I don't care. I mean, that's my daddy. You know, my daddy's going to take that's care right. of something. So we have a father so that we believe going to take care of anything that we, greater is he that is in that's me than he yes. is in the world. If God be for me, who can be against me? That's enough to give you some peace. Come on. We should, we should have a peace of mind, P-E-A-C-E, a peace of mind to know that our father is always in our present, but, but, but we have to stay in his present. And just like you're talking about having different children, you can't speak to all of them the same. I, I had to learn uh, um, growing up. I, I saw my father and mother were different in how they handled each you know, child. Or, or maybe I thought they got a little laxer as a younger child came along. But then I find out that when I became a parent, I find out, you know what? It's not that, that I'm different with the youngest one. It's that I learned mm-hmm. how to be a father. There were some things I did. No, I, I won't do this again. And I realized where I may talk to this one with a soft voice. They hear me. The other one's like, man, listen, I, I, need, to, I need to tell you in the tone that you need to understand <laughs> this, right? right? And so it's the same thing with God. God knows his children. And he knows how to, uh, to talk to us. And it might oh, be that still voice, like you say. It might be that, hey, I'm pushing you. I'm yelling. You need to go. Uh, it may be God allows some, 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 some tribulation to come in our life. So you know what, God? I hear you. God, I should have done that to start with. God, I wouldn't have had this confusion in my life. I would have had peace had I fallen, fallen, uh, followed the word of God. And so now that's not to mean every time there's not peace that we're not following because some things come again. You can be in the presence, amen. Things that I do can cause someone else their peace. But mm-hmm. even with that, if I'm hanging around someone and, and, and whether it be my family, they cause that to me, guess what? I got to have a peace of mind to know mm-hmm. that even in the storm, come on, even when the winds are blowing, the rains are beating, the tornadoes are in my life. I know that trouble don't last our way. And I know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning time. And so I got to remember that, that no matter what I'm going through, God, as long as I stay in the ark of safety, uh, God, you're going to keep me. Just like Noah, the world was destroyed, but Noah was kept in peace of mind because he stayed in the ship. He stayed on board. He didn't get out of the ark of covenant. He stayed there. So we got to learn how to stay with God, stay in God. And when we have trouble, take it to God. And I guarantee you, God, God will direct you in the right, to the right resource. Come on now. And see, when you speak about that storm, I'm reminding my, my grandparents and my mom would always say this. It was say, baby, one, you got to know them and know them for yourself. And two, you got to keep the scripture of that word in your heart, right? And you know, I always say this for our listeners and you actually write down here, uh, you know, have been in Tallahassee, you know how Florida is, right? And so I tell people all the time, it's funny how we have hurricane season and we'll hear the weatherman talk about this storm for weeks. We'll hear it. And we'll say, oh, you know, it's just, that's how it does. It's going to pass over us, right? And then two days before where it starts to show itself in Panama City and Pensacola, right? And it's coming our way. What do we do? Then we go run to Walmart and try to grab things that no batteries on the shelf, water's gone, and we're not prepared for the storm, you know? And so that word, speak about that, it has to be ingrained, you know? Our trials and our tribulations don't come and make a calendar invite for us. They don't say, Chelsea, it looked like Wednesday is pretty open. So we're going to come and holler at you Wednesday and let that trial for this month. It doesn't work that way. 
So those scriptures and that word that is embedded in our heart has to stay there. So I'm not left and caught slipping, trying to grab whatever I can find when I find myself in the midst of that storm. Wow. So if, if you're prepared for the storm, you're going to have some peace, right? And, oh, and so like you say, we, we, we'll go and hear the weatherman. And then people say, well, you know, it didn't do it last time, so it won't do it this time, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, yep. I don't believe the weatherman. Well, then why are you listening to the weatherman? <laughs> why are you wasting your time doing that, right? And so it's even with us, we'll read the word of God. It's almost like we'll, but we won't. Uh, adhere to the word of God. Like you said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so when you hear, when the word is ingrained in you, it'll come up in your mind. And God, the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, guess what? It'll bring it to your remembrance. But I self-tell folks, it said it'll bring it to your what? Remembrance. So that means you got to have it in you. Yes. For it to bring yeah. it to you. So you got to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be shamed, but rightly dividing, rightly dividing the word of God. And so there, there it is right there. So when the storm comes, I'm not going to say, well, the storm is coming. I'm not going to get any water because God's going to take care of me. Well, God already <laughs> gave you the warning through the weatherman. Prepare That's yourself right. so you can have peace. And so you don't have to run down to Publix or Walmart and, and buy up all the water and somebody else don't have any water. <laughs> So peace comes from being prepared. That's just like come you said, comes from being prepared. I'm prepared for the battle, God. I'm prepared for the storm because I hear Paul say, we are troubled on every side, but we're yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Why? 30, Psalm 35, weeping may endure for a night, but joy will That's come right. in the morning time. God, it won't be this way always. I'm prepared to go through the storm. Come on I'm prepared now. to weather the storm, Lord. I'm prepared. That's it. That's that it right there, man. Me that peace, knowing that God's with me. Coach, don't make me get up and run now. You know my knee troubles now. <laughs> yeah, now I'm serious, but I think that thing hits different. With peace comes from being prepared. Like I, that is so powerful, there. And I think a lot of times, as you started, you talked about the trials and the tribulations that come along. The reason why we find ourselves without peace because we aren't prepared. We find ourselves in right. chaos because we aren't prepared. You know, we sit there. I was laughing at um, Hendrix the other day. It's so funny how people told me this. They did. They told me when you become a parent, it kind of changes the way you get an even deeper relationship with Christ. And I attest, I never disagreed. It's just now I'm walking and I see it. And it's right. so watching her as she starts to try to um, learn, right? I'm watching her face as she's trying to learn cause and effect with these toys in her hand. And she'll get frustrated when she's trying to figure it out, right? And then I laugh because it's like, Hendrix, I'm trying to help you. And I'll still come and she'll still try to move my hand off and she's frustrated. And I'm like, Hendrix, let mommy help you relax, but I need you to take your hand off. And I laughed I'm like, God, you, you something else, right? Because you definitely spoke to me before, but now it's almost like, what's those little things? The little intercoms, it's like, hey, do you hear me? And he's doing that. And I'm like, I'm trying to put her in the seat and lock it without hurting her hands. And I'm like, baby, let mommy help you. I got you, but I need you to take your hands off. And I laughed and I said, but how often, that's us. We see a problem and we sit and try to fix it. We got an issue, we try to fix it. But at no point in time did we ever prepare. Therefore, we don't have peace because we tried to handle it on our own. Yeah, and he said, cast all your cares upon me. All of them. 
for I care for you, right? And just like you said, we'll sometimes we'll go in prayer and say, Lord, handle this as soon as we get up. We, we're trying to handle it, That's it. ourselves, right? <laughs> and so in, in your mind, I think about what we think about Abraham and Sarah. God, God said, I'm going to give you a son. Yep. But what did they do? What did she, I'm going to help God out. So I'm going to get my handmaid. But now it causes confusion in the family. So there's That's no right. peace. So somebody's got to be cast out. And it's the same thing with us. God has said, I'll take care of this. But then we go and then we put our hands on it and we'll let the father instruct us how to do what we need to do or let him handle it. He, he may have someone else do it for you. God, God is so good is that, you know, we try to fight battles, number one, that are not ours. The mm -hmm. battle belongs to the Lord. Come on. We can have a peace of mind knowing that he has not, never lost a battle. He has not lost a war. We know the outcome of the war. How do I know? Because it's in the book of Revelation. I can have a peace of mind that no matter what I'm going through in on this earth, no matter what I'm going through, God is still with me and that God is always going to take care of me. Uh, and do a calamity come, do a problem come, persecution come, trouble come? Absolutely. But I'm better prepared because I'm with my father. I'm better prepared because I'm abiding uh, in the ship. And, and I want to say this, if I got to, you know, the apostle Paul, when there was a storm wreck uh, mm -hmm. in the book of Acts, right? And he told them, he warned them, God had warned them not to go. Not to sail, but what did they do? They sailed anyway. Got to sail, yeah. Right? So a lot of time, God will tell us not to go somewhere. Uh, you know, but Lord, it'll be okay. And then we already have, we got peace at that point. There was a peace. So we go and we go into the storm. Now we don't have no peace. Now we we got to call on the Lord. And, 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 and so God told, the apostle, uh, told them, he said, tell them to lighten the ship. Take stuff off the ship, make it lighter, right? A lot of time in our life, we don't have peace because we're carrying a heavy load. Mm -hmm. And we need to cast some stuff off of our ship. Mm -hmm. We're not only just trying to carry our burden. I can't fix my own problem, Chester, right? I got to go right. to God, but yet I'm over there trying to fix my neighbor's problem. Come on. And my neighbor, neighbor problem. And then my co-workers problem. And my co-workers, their family problems. And I can't even handle my own problem. So God say, lighten the load. And then even in that storm, if you remember Acts 16, the Bible says, that then he, then, then he told Paul to tell them to be of good cheer. So he said, yes, sometime yes. in the storm, you got to laugh. Come on. You just can't cry. You got to laugh because God, I know this is going to work out for my good. Because it, it, everything works out for the good of those that love God and call according to his purpose. Now look at this. Even when they were on the ship and the ship was being thrusted and planks started to go, God said, remain in the, in, in the boat. But when it got down to the planks, now he says it's time to get out of the ship and ride the planks to the shore. What am I saying? Sometimes what brought you this far won't take you to the next level. Come on, coach. You got to know when to get out what you're riding to get on to another. Just like flying from here to California. If I fly Delta, I'm going to go to Atlanta and I'm going to get on another plane. That plane that took me from Columbia to Atlanta served its purpose. But now I got to get on another plane to take me to California, the service purpose. And so a lot of times we have peace in our mind because we mistake season, reasons, and lifetimes in our life. Okay. We don't know when to let go and what to do. And so if you listen to God, I, you know, not a lot of times, every time God is telling us what to do, it's just that we don't hear him. And I laugh when you said, um, you know, God is talking, we don't hear him. I literally thought about a sermon I preached one time. Can you hear me now? 
Yep. You're talking about the bull on, can you hear me now? When God is saying that we, if you have an ear, hear what God is saying to the church, hear what God is saying to us. And so uh, a lot of times we have chaos in our life because we're not in the right situation or we don't know when to leave a situation and, and move on. So you gotta be in, you, you gotta, you gotta ride the right, the right vehicle. That's it. I can't like you know you now you know I normally tell people they probably don't know but you know if I was in person we in church you know folks start throwing stuff <laughs> I'm telling you but I think I think that's just it and it, it it just reaffirms over and over everything that you've been saying is but you miss all of that when you have so much going on you know we I teach AP and AP tests are. Uh, coming up next week. And so we've been reviewing, reviewing, trying to make it fun. And so we were playing Taboo, okay? And so if any of y'all have ever played Taboo, you know it gets real, real, real fast, right? You know? And so they were so competitive and I was proud because even though it was Taboo, it was with the terms for the test and they were just adamant and they were loud. And wow. my phone rang and they were like, Coach, Coach, we can't hear you. We're, we're trying to call for a student. I, I said, I can't hear you. Who are you? Who are you needing? I said, y'all, I need you to be quiet. I can't hear who they're calling for. A lot of times we miss our calling. We miss comments because we're paying attention over there, over here, over there. We're chasing our dream. We're trying to promote our own agendas. And he's calling us to do the assignment and to do his work. But we can't hear that. We can't hear the call because we're paying attention to every single thing else that's going around us. So we're distracted, right? Yes, sir. And so we can't hear um, uh, what God is saying sometimes when we are distracted. And, and so the Bible said the devil comes to steal, kill, kill and destroy. And, and how does he do that? We can get so busy and distracted that we will ignore the voice, the voice of God because so so many distractions in our life. And that's why I tell people, you can't literally do everything. You know, because if you try to, you're not going to be able to hear what you need to hear for your assignment. And so yes. when I study the word of God, I, the TV's got to be off. I got to be in the room. I don't want to be distracted because I might miss what God is trying to show me. Um, and, and so I can't be prepared if I don't spend time with God, it's the same uh, way, same thing you talk, same thing with you, you, your, your, your ladies, playing, your, your girls playing basketball. You can't prepare, you're not prepared for the game if you don't practice. Come on. You're not prepared for the game if you don't put the work in. Well, we're, we're in the kingdom of God and we're active. We got to know that we are, know what we're doing and prepare ourselves by reading and studying. And, and, and when I say practicing, walk in the word of God because the Bible said we walk by faith not by sight and that's another thing will cause us to lose our uh, peace we try to see everything too mm. everything is not for you to see everything is not for you to see because you'll lose your peace let's go to the children of Israel in the Old Testament God says the land belongs to you I'm going to give you houses you didn't build Land you didn't pay for, grapes you didn't plant, but they didn't believe God. We want to go see for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what did God say? You know what? Let them go. I'm going to give them what they want. Let them go. And they go and they see it and they're scared now. 
because they see the giants. So now I'm fearful and now I have no peace because I don't believe I can beat the giant. But had you taken God at his word, mm. God was going to destroy the giant. Everything is not for us to see either. So I tell God, I, I don't want to see things that I don't need to see yes. because it may scare me. It may shake my face. Now I don't have the peace that I need. And so all of those that didn't believe Joshua and Caleb did not make it, right? They had to die off a new generation go in. So that's another thing. We got to watch what we watch, what we look at, the things we hear, not just hear, the things we see. And because uh, that, that would definitely shake your peace. I totally agree. You know, it's, it's amazing how everything that you're saying is just confirmation of a word that all of us need to hear, right? And so, unfortunately, you know, the past months, right? And it's not new, but this past month, even two nights ago, student athletes have been taking their lives mm. because they they have lack of peace. Whatever the source may be, the overall is because they have a battle within themselves, right? Whatever, whatever the case may be, only they truly know what that is, right? And so this mental health thing is real, but it truly yeah. all stems from the place of, I don't have peace. I'm not in balance, right? And so watching and paying attention to all of that, this word is right on time. Right. Because even when you message, it was like, are you sure this is where where you want me to be? Right. And I was in prayer for you and in prayer for that moment, because that is when I saw uh, the headline of the young lady at Wisconsin who had mm. just taken her own life. And then, of course, you know, a few months back, the young lady at Stanford. And unfortunately, there's a list that you could rip off. And they posted a picture today of, you know, maybe 12 of them over the past quarter. And it's, it's crazy because that's just in the athlete category. But these are real life. I read a status of somebody on my feed the other day that just said, you know, guys, before you start commenting and responding, I'm not going to do this, but I just want to have a conversation with you that depression is real. And these are some real thoughts that I have, right? And so this message is right on time because even if to not that extent, we all battle every day chaos and trying to search for peace. You'll hear people say, I just want peace. I just need peace. Yeah. Just, just oh, leave me alone. Leave me be, you know? And so this right. is right on time. Right on time. Yeah, yeah I, 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 absolutely. And, and um, mental health is, mental depression is it, real. And, and that mm -hmm. goes back again, doctors are resources. Matter of fact, I, I mean, I can't other than say we, I have a situation that I know personally about in the last three days that's dealing mm -hmm. with, with what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and I told the person that, listen, Yes, we're going to pray, you're going to pray, but also let's use the resources of the doctors Come and on. the nurses and, yeah. and the pills that can help people because that was all made of God. That's yeah. good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. And so a lot of times uh, we have this uh, stigma towards that and so we won't get help. I'm not saying they didn't, I don't know their situation, but a lot of times folks will not do because they don't think it's real or they think someone's mm -hmm. going to call me a certain thing. Um, mm -hmm. And just like the man that was cutting himself, what did Jesus say? He, he got to the root of the problem. He said, come out of him, you unclean spirit. Yep. yep. Then the man was, was clothed and in his right mind because he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know he was dead. He didn't know he was cutting himself. He had an unclean spirit and anything of depression is an unclean spirit. Not I'm saying a demon, but what I'm saying is that, that it is not of God and it has to be treated, 
right? And I know that with God's with, with God's help, with the prayer, and with you know folks getting the right help that they need, someone to help them with the peace of mind. So, and a lot of times folks expose to stuff at an early age or expose to stuff even yeah. at, a, at a later age that, that takes their peace of mind. So that when I go back, somebody can take somebody's peace of mind. A child is exposed to stuff too early, see things too early, and they think this is the way it is. And so they yeah. really don't have a peace of mind. They can't come home, you know, to a peace of mind. So, you know, we, we just got to continue to pray and, and continue to do, not just pray, but do physically what we can do. That's it. That's it. There's a, a shirt out there. I was talking to a servant leader a couple months back. It's like God plus therapy. It's all right, y'all. Right? You you have headaches. I'm going to the neurologist. Something wrong with my heart. Got a cardiologist. He gave us, like you said, you said it best. He gave us those mental health professionals as well. So to the person out there hearing that, please understand. My inbox is always open. I will give you my number. We'll get you where you need to be. But you do Absolutely. not. You will not go through this alone. You know, Coach, as we start to wrap this thing up, I just, you know, listeners, people listen now that's going to listen to Podge. I don't know what this is just doing to me sitting here talking to my coach. Um, but, you know, of course, naturally, there for our listeners on the podcast, there's two questions that we give to every servant leader to enshrine them in the servant leader family. And so the first one um, is one of the things that I do to keep my mental fitness there to make sure that I you know, stay in my word with him, that I hear him when he's yelling that one day he's not going to have to do that. One day he's going to be able to just come with Chelsea and I'm going to listen, right? But I'm not there yet. He's still working on me. But I'll do what I call my God is devotional. And speaking of those storms about, it helps me remember who he is, even when I'm in the midst of the storm. And so I'll wake up in the mornings and after I thank him for giving me another day, I'll just start saying God is. And I picture this imaginary blank in my head and I try to just list off all the things that he is to me, all the things that he isn't to me because that's blessing alone, the things he blocks that we think we need. Right. God is my healer. God is this. God is this. God is this. Well, you don't get a list. You just get one tonight. So if I said God is and I drew an imaginary blank for you, how would servant leader Randy Barr Sr. fill that blank? God is what? S-O-U-R-C-E. God is my source. Oh, no. Because from that source, everything else stems, stems, uh, stems from that. You know, resources, anything that I need, he is the ultimate source. So uh, he directs me. So I'd use that word source. It covers everything. That's it. I love it, right? And of course, this is the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, where servant leadership is at the forefront, the center, everything we do, just truly learning how it is to lead, serve, and just follow the assignment, as you say, by Christ. Servant leadership takes on so many different definitions, but to you, servant leader Randy Barr Sr., what does servant leadership mean to you? I, I, to me, it, it, it means it kind of like what it really what I open with. It, it is uh, not just being vocal, but it's visualizing. It, it is showing people how to do what you ask them to do and, and, and serving them. Um, leading does not mean pulling someone and telling them where to go. It is taking them there with you. Uh, and being right there with them and encouraging them so that they can be better, um, not just leaders, but better people. Because you cannot be a leader without being a servant. Um, I, I think people think that you can, but I don't think that you can can, can do that. Um, that's their version of it. But leaders, true leadership uh, is serving people. Again, Jesus said, I come to serve, not to be served. And so leaders to whom much is given, much is required. And so we have to serve the people 
And that defines leadership to me because they'll see you. They remember, they remember what they see more than what you say. Oh, now. Yeah. So they'll, they'll, they'll look at you. They can remember you. I, I got, and if I say this real quick, I, I can be in Tallahassee and, and you know, I coached the Liberty. Uh, the name of the team was Liberty that you was on. We had those powder blue. Uh, matter of fact, you was That's my right. draft charge, number one draft charge, right? Also coached <laughs> football there, right? Yeah. So kids now, they may have changed. So I don't recognize them, but I can be walking somewhere and somebody will yell out, hey, coach. You'll know. So they, 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 they see me and they recognize me. Same way with leadership. People recognize leaders by what they do, not by what they say. I love it. That's golden. And I can tell you right now that I recognize you by what you did and what you say, because what you say has already been backed up by what you did and what you do. So coach, I really want to just thank you so much for coming on and talk to me. I thank you for the foundation, not just of my skills, but also just who you were when I saw um, and how you continued to give me an example of manhood, of servant leadership, of following Christ and leading like Christ throughout my entire life. And so I thank you so much for that. I thank you for this amazing word and all these gems I've written over here to help us just to be better and do better. I really, really can't thank you enough. Well, thank you, Chelsea. It's been a joy to see um, and, and watch you grow from um, the young girl on liberty to the woman that you are now and serving God and, and uh, doing all the things you're doing in the community and uh, and know your mother and, and you know, your siblings are very proud of you. And uh, I know how you, what your grandfather meant to you and your grandmother, but uh, I'm, listen, they're very proud of you and so am I. And uh, keep doing what you're doing and we're certainly praying for you. I appreciate it, you're Coach. Making a difference. Before we uh, get out, do you mind closing us out with a prayer? No, I don't mind at all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come now, God, the most gracious and humble way that we know how, God, as we come. Before we go in, Father God, forgive us of our sins, shortcomings, failures, and faults, creating us a clean heart and renewing us a right spirit. Heavenly Father, tonight, God, as we learn and discuss and talk about, uh, God, the gospel of peace, Lord, we all need peace in our life. We need that peace that passes all understanding. And I'm asking today, Lord, that you look upon the leader of this, this podcast, look upon Chelsea, her family, her husband, her daughter, Lord, her entire family, and those that are watching tonight that are with us, it may join even later, Lord. God, give them the desires of their heart, Lord. Bless this ministry, Lord, and that's what it is, a ministry of reconciliation, Lord, that you will bring more people into the kingdom, and God, that we will grow by serving one another, learn by serving one another, and love more by serving one. Lord, this is our prayer tonight, and if anyone listening tonight, God, is sick in their body, anyone need deliverance and healing, Lord, I'm touching and agreeing now, Lord, that you would do it for them, Financial freedom, Lord, financial, relieve them of financial stress now, Lord. Give them that peace that they need, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. And it's in our son Jesus' name we pray. All we all say amen. Amen. My favorite line of the podcast, servant leader Randy Barr Sr., my coach. You are now <laughs> of the servant leader family. <laughs> Yes, sir. sir. We appreciate you. We thank you all for listening. And we're going to see you guys next time. God bless you.